What is up, y'all? You are checking out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ant, and I am joined by my dude. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the world's most marked infamous CDP. And um, I asked Ant here to um, allow me to have this time to, <coughs> excuse me, make a little um, PSA. I am tired of people using smart or mark as an insult because like we're all wrestling fans. So in some ways that we are, we are all marks. We are all smarts in a way. So I don't know, just, um, I don't know, just something about that. It's like a little bit of pet peeve, but then again, like, you know, the Irish whoop could be a pet peeve for wrestling, but that's all I get. And back over to you. <laughs> well, I agree with you. Cause I feel like, um, you know, a lot of the wrestling fans, you know, if you aren't into it, you know, you're not really, listen, I don't care who you are. Like if I were to walk by a wrestler, whether it be Stone Cold, um, you know, Triple H Undertaker, or it could be like a fucking Andrade, or it could be even a, like a Wardlow or someone younger, I'm still going to sort of get a little smirk on my face because it's cool. You know, you see someone, that you watch all the time and someone that you like and you really get into the characters. Um, I said all fair that like for me, like I like watching wrestling to sort of like, it's for me, it's not about who wins, it's how they won, how they got there. I also look at things like who's gonna have the most benefit after that match, right? So like if, if Edge, you know, or, or I also look at it like, um, you know, who benefits from this? If Edge wins, will he suffer the consequence of winning? Or if he loses, will, you know, is it necessary? So I, I look at it as like, you know, necessary, not necessary. And um, I think us fans, we make the company, I feel like. Even Jerry Lawler said, which I'm going to plug here, my Broken Skull Sessions recap will be dropping with Jerry Lawler soon. And in his special... Uh, it was filmed during the beginning of COVID and he talked about how it was really hard to perform without the fans there. So yeah, we might be marked. We might be really into it, but that's okay because, you know, like, like what do you call people who go to art, like artists, singers, you know, anyone that has a public platform and you go to celebrate and watch them, you go to see a singer, you're going to be singing, you're going to be going crazy. It's just, you appreciate and like what they're doing. It speaks to you. So I hear you, us fans. Yeah, I'll be a smart. It speaks to me. It may it, it makes me happy when I'm feeling sad. So, one last thing before we uh, start. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned, Jerry Lawler, because um, leading off from that, uh, last week I said that um, Dustin Rose had apologized because, as you guys know, last week on Raw was the one where um, Goldust dressing like a chef. Well, he came out the shaft, you see, he came out in the afro and the blackface. And I had said that Dustin um, Rose had apologized. After doing some research, I couldn't find anything about a public apology with that. But as you see with colorful language for Jerry Lawler and the God once wearing Confederate t-shirts and some other things that was going on around that time, around this episode. And, you know, plus the fact, you know, Cody is buried to Brandy. So, you know, it's like, it's one thing I had to give a take with that. But... Moving on for that, sir. Uh, and yeah. be <laughs> well, no, I do think it's important to talk about because, um, you know, look at Rowdy Piper, you know, back at WrestleMania 6 when he painted half of his body black because he was fighting Bad News Brown. You know, there was no 
it wasn't involved in the storyline. There was no sort of like, you know, it wasn't like Bad News Brown was, there's no reason to do it at all, but there wasn't a storyline for it either. Um, so it was just very strange to see him do that randomly show up at WrestleMania six like now, that. Now, now, also, I will also say that it's yep. been publicly known that Dustin Rose has been suffering through substance abuse issues around at the time. So maybe, you know, maybe the cloudiness of the judgment yeah. at the time. And then you think about the dark side of the ring episode where I forgot, like, um, and you know, the name of the, um, of the, of the pill that they use or whatever to like to bomb wrestlers and knock them out. They didn't mention in that episode. Oh God, Xanax, Percocets. No, no, no. no, no. I'm saying hardcore drugs. I was just watching the Kurt Angle recap, so sorry. I know. (laughs) Uh, No, I I don't know, no, no. But um, yeah, just uh, you know, just like one thing you got to think about. It's like you know, and also I would also say I would be foolish to like to like you know I'm not I would be foolish of me to like to ask for. That's Rose to apologize or public apologize because that one thing you got to think about is like it's not necessarily him it could be his yeah. bosses you know he was just trying to out here to do his job you know okay. and then you know the substance abuse um the WWE substance abuse on policy wasn't really in effect as I shall point out with HBK a little bit later but we shall get into that a little bit later uh I think also too um even just like this whole gimmick, the artist formerly known as Goldust, like he's wearing very provocative, pro- provocative stuff, and and things that are you know everyone's like, okay, he shows up at WrestleMania wearing a fucking like Teddy lingerie, you know. So it's a uh, it's Dave Pan, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's we'll we'll get to there when we get there, but it's odd. And speaking of the Godwins, I will say I've talked to Henry Godwin before. Really, very, very cool. But we don't know behind closed doors how people truly are. But the conversation I've had, he was very cool. Um, but I appreciate you uh, speaking on that because even you know, for me, I don't even think I would have find it funny back then. I don't know, maybe because that's how ignorant and and you know crazy those times were, where it's like we didn't think seeing stuff like I was watching. I know this is taking a big leap. Just go with me. All right. Come with me, P. All right. <laughs> I was watching the real world from 2000, right? And so they're in New Orleans. And in the scene, there's like only two African-American people in the house. One of them is biracial. One of them is not. One of them is just straight African-American. And um, they're on this, like, they're doing this, like, because they were visiting, um, it's some sort of like swamp alligator tour ride type thing. And the guy, the um, dude who was conducting the tour, saw a bunch of their some kind of like, um, I, I forgot the name. They're a type of a bird, but they were sort of the birds that you, they weren't crows. Maybe they're cranes. I don't know, but they were their black cranes. And they, I don't know if cranes were, were I don't know, dude. They were a type of bird. And the tour guide said, yeah, those birds are black. We call them. And he said the N-word. And during the episode, the girl's trying to deal with that. And, you know, and she's trying to tell her roommates, like, it's hard to hear that, obviously, because, you know, he just said it, like, without thinking about it, without being, you know, just whatever. 
Um, so for 2000, for people, you know, today it's still prevalent, but I can see 1998, a lot of people seeing that and just be like, oh, it's just, you know, over the top. That's just what it is. Um, I'm actually surprised. See, I didn't watch the real world back then, honestly. Um, there's only like a few reality TV shows that we're getting to, but that's another thing. But mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm actually surprised MTV actually let that air. And- yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did a whole. Well, what's cool about the real world is the first couple of seasons, they deal with a lot of real topic, like AIDS, they deal with race, they deal with, um, you know, it was more about society and humans, whereas as it got more put on towards the years they made it more produced and made it more about well who's gonna fight with who and this person's gonna whereas in the beginning it was just about these young people really exploring different themes that they never really dealt with before and this one girl she's a mormon and she's never this is her first encounter with an african-american person um so she's very ignorant to things and she's you know asking like you know why is it offensive if i see the n-word and and you know rappers they they say it and it's so it's very interesting to see um you know the way it was back then but hello everybody <laughs> <laughs> you are here for raw's war and that's okay because we're we're uncensored this is what we do uncooked uncorked uncensored you all but yes today we are here thank you p for and i'll be a, i'll be a smart well what is your name what, what's the what's your official um moniker gonna be well i played my mom well no i believe my moniker is gonna be the world's most smartest i did it in a facebook group um that i'm still will to this day but um yep you all can call me the world's most smartest infamous cpp <laughs> I will be down to call you that infamous. <laughs> and I'll call you infamous for sure, okay? Well, um, pizza's worse. Well, pizza's worse too. Pete? All right, well, I'll, we'll go back and forth. We'll have an identity crisis here. Well, Amp, I got some facts about like uh, tonight's Raw. Yeah, so we'll talk about Raw. So uh, it's from January 12th, 1998. They're live in uh, Pennsylvania. They're at Penn State. Which- Attendance. Attendance is eight thousand six hundred twenty-eight. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, that's a that's yeah, um, not really a lot. But well, honestly, when you think about like today's attendance, I mean, I mean, I don't know though. They still make money regardless, so I guess. Oh, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's also noticeable with WWE is they would go to um, arenas that weren't there that didn't have a lot of people to sit in. You know, one of WrestleMania was held in Hartford, and that arena it holds like i don't know maybe like a thousand five hundred people so they um oh. yeah oh another interesting thing about tonight's raw this is actually the fifth anniversary of raw wow oh yeah because um 1993 right uh yep and i believe like um cole said something about that within the first match so i kind of surprised they didn't make a big deal about that but then again the vince man's eyes oh no pal it gotta be 10 or higher to go to make it be higher we gotta make a spectacular event <laughs> i love your um impression it's like a mix of vince mcmahon and right, we and system. we shall and and we shall talk about impresses later <laughs> oh we'll get there yes we will um, all right, so we start off with DX. They're inside a limo, um, and they're they have a big announcement tonight. HBK stands up in the limo and he pulls his pants off um, in the roof. You know, the little rooftop opens up. Uh, of course, uh, <laughs> of course, HBK showing his ass on TV. Vince's nineties Michael. 
Yeah, sophomoric stuff from HBK. But I mean, you know, just their way of sort of being badasses and showing that they're going to do what they want. Our first match is for the WWE Tag Team titles. It's a four fatal four-way. The Tag Team Champions, the New Age Outlaws, defending against the Godwins, the Truth Commission, and the Headbangers. Not a lot of notes on this one. I have here that... Billy ends up hitting um, Phineas with brass knuckles and he gets the win. Again, the New Age Outlaws finding a way to retain the titles. What do you think of uh, the New Age Outlaws? Do you think they're good tag team champions for the time? Well, besides about some um, fusel things that came out about Road Dog in the future, but that's another thing. Um, I mean, I love New Age Outlaws back in the day. You know, that intro that came in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and also as FYI people, um, um, we both of us will probably not be very knowledgeable about football because I, I remember back in 1998, I was probably nine years old at the time. So I didn't get into football until like late. So um, for those of you like under the YouTube comments, I'm pretty sure you will let us know about like uh, many of the football references that we might have missed or might not have missed. Um, Road Dog and Billy comes out in the Florida State t-shirt. I'm not exactly sure that was like anything to do with um, the bowl at the time. Uh, let's see. Penn State went. Let's see. Trying to look. Penn State went uh, nine to three, five to three in the Big Ten. I have no idea what any of that is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. It sounds All like right, a but, different language. But yeah, I, yeah, I have nothing about this match. It only lasted like four minutes and ten seconds. You know, I have no notes about it. Yeah, there really wasn't much to to go off of. It. I mean, at the time, um, there wasn't. You know, they're, it looks like the Legion of Doom are going to be the ones they're going after. So it's just sort of filler to kind of just put the outlaws in action. Um, so after that, we get a Legion of Doom promo. They're just, you know, just showing, you know, all their talent and what happens to them. We then <laughs> see Stone Ghost Steve Austin showing up in a truck backstage. And I'm oh. excited. Oh, um, oh, like there's also one of the note. I mean, um, making notes about this match. Yeah, um, it should be noted that, like, the WWF at the time, they didn't start experiencing with, like, multi-man masters as far as, like, triple threats and fatal four-ways until the previous year in 1997. Um, because um, I don't know if you guys have watched Rest of Bios on YouTube. You should check them out. You know, they're really good. Um, they did, like, a... Um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you probably did one yourself of, like, the WWF in your house, Ground Zero pay-per-view the first time HBK and Shawn Michaels met. Um... And then during that match, it was Farouk versus Savio Vega versus Crus of DOA. And then the triple threat match was, for well, lack of a better word, shit. <laughs> um, like, uh, the guys that looked like they didn't have no idea what they were doing. Um, I need to watch the show myself to figure out, like, you know, get my own personal perspective in real lifetime. To see how it is. So uh, when you look at this like four way dance, you could tell that the WWF or the performance at the time they were still experimenting before they actually perfected the art. It's definitely not no WrestleMania twenty or thirty about all. No, no, it was a uh, um, yes. Interesting feel for you, like you said, they they were just sort of the year before actually doing the matches and 
that ground zero match, I, I do, I agree. I have to go back and look at it because I remember when I was a kid, I would watch that pay-per-view a lot. And I, I don't really remember focusing much on that match. So maybe I should go back and check it out. But yeah, they're experimenting, trying new things. That's all right. We all still experiment. Sometimes hard drugs, sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, anyways, in the back, we see Stone Cold and he nails a stunner on the Godwins, which... Uh, <laughs> Was a great way to say, fuck you guys. I mean, I, you know, then he comes down to the ring, he being Stone Cold, and Michael Cole interviews him. And Michael Cole says that Stone Cold, he will be a marked man in the Royal Rumble match. And Austin takes a little pen marker, he writes a target on his chest. And Stone Cold says, I do what I want, when I want, and I don't care if I'm a target. So again, Austin. For me, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, a lot of people really like it. I go back and forth with it because, um, you know, there, there's really no real storyline for that match aside from the 30 men. So it's kind of like the buildup is going to be, okay, the top guy is going to have to try to go over everybody or the bad guy is going to escape. Like, like there, there's all just sort of different things. And right now, Austin is just building him against everybody at the Royal Rumble. This is one of Austin's like most legendary promos, by the way, because yeah. I, you know, like you remember, like you know, the image of him like taking off the shirt and writing the marker around his shirt. You can tell they really push him. Also, I gotta say, uh, a lot of people uh, criticize Kevin Dunn for rightful reasons for his camera angles that he did. Matter of fact, I think there's some YouTube video that shows like comparing um, AEW camera cuts to WWE camera cuts. A holy shit, dude! There's like maybe on one episode of Raw, like 80 or 90 camera cuts in one show. But for when Stone Cold came out and they did those certain angles when he was like, came out in the truck and he walked towards the ramp and they showed the overhead view, kind of like WWE 2K22 camera view style when you like yeah. walk up to the uh, screen or whatever. Um, like, I just love that dude. I mean, I really wish they would do that like nowadays, um, along with them like doing like promos like uh, near the top of the stage, and then um, the ca- the crowd is in the background. You know how they did, um, you know, with like uh, back in the 80s, you know, had you had you had uh, Mean Gene and maybe Macho Man or Hulk Hogan, whatever, at the top of the stage, they cut those promos. Really wish they bring, bring that back. I think they did it with AJ Styles when he was WWE champion. Um, Back in what 2017, 18, whatever. I feel like um Austin was just fucking great at like whatever he was given. And he just looked like, like you said, that image of him taking the, sh- the shirt off and then putting the, the you know, the, the target on his chest. It, it definitely symbolized that he didn't give a fuck. Like, come at me, I'm here. And that's why a lot of people liked him because. You know, he just was a modern dude that's just going to take on whatever, you know? Right. All right. So, uh... so, yep. We then move on. We get a promo. Raw's brought to us by Snickers. Fuck yes. Remember the old school Snicker commercials where, like, it would be, like, fucking Betty White on the field, and then they, he's, like, playing football or gets tackled or something, and then it's, like, eat a Snickers. It'll help. And then she's a Snicker, and she's, like, a football player, and it's Anyways, RP big Snickers fan. Big Snickers R- fan. As an RP to better, uh, uh, excuse me, RP to Betty, by the way. Yeah, I love Betty. She's great, man. Rest in peace. We then Next go. Next is, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Oh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. 
Next match is absolutely nothing. It's Kurgan with the Jackal defeats two jobbers. And yeah. I have the names as Jimmy Cicero and Lance Diamond. That last Ooh. one sounds familiar. I'm trying to figure out the word. It sounds like somebody, sound like, I'm, I'm going to say ECW. I mean, like Diamond. That's who you're thinking of. Yeah, right? that's probably what it was. Again, um, people, people in the ahead, comments. Off. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I had said like um, people in the comments, please sound off if we're like mistaken about like you know these jobbers. But yeah, this match is pretty much nothing. Two minutes of twenty eight, the Kurgan just smashed him. Matter of fact, he pinned one of the guys, and then he grabbed the other dude, stabbed them on top of them. You know, like Roman Reigns at WrestleMania thirty eight style. Yeah, and just put his put a boot on top of them and just one two three, we're done. Um, a moment did happen. It was a quick moment that happened right before the match. A truck shows up and it blocks his, it blocks his, I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I should be high and drunk over here. A well, truck, I, pal. It blocks DX's limo from leaving. So there's a little tidbit there. Something happens. Yes, that match with Kurgan, obviously, you know, he was going to dominate. Nothing really happened with him afterwards. After like a couple of months, he did a couple of things. Then he joined the oddities. Then he did I, like a thing alone for like a minute. And then he was just gone. Um, I should say one interesting note. The Jackal was on commentary. He joined um, JR, Kevin Kelly, and, uh, Mike, and uh, Michael Cole. Well, Wait, yeah, Michael Cole was at the room. Yeah, Michael was doing commentary. It was JR, um, Kev, it was JR, Kevin, Nicole doing commentary. The Jackal joined them. And then he says, um, after McCurgan wins the Rumble, you're fucking right. <laughs> um, Jack says that he'll have them like working at the Indies for $50, which is funny because Dunn Callis actually wound up working for like many of the big independent companies like Ring of Honor, New Japan. And I guess you could call AEW indie or like the biggest indie or whatever, or the second biggest company in the world. Please, people don't get mad at me. Oh, <laughs> but, but you know, I kind of I kind of find an irony in that. That's all. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> we then see uh Triple H in the backstage in the limo and Owen Hart runs out and he attacks Triple H inside the limo, finally getting his hands on Triple H after the attacks the past couple of weeks. Uh, great, I love seeing Owen Hart. Great wrestler, great guy. Um, my thing is, how come, like, um, well, um, I guess in hindsight, you know, it wouldn't be a smart idea to try to like to jump triple ace and then China and HBK was right there, <laughs> and then yeah. I see it didn't want it to be like a smart, beneficial decision for Owen. And as y'all will see around this episode. My pet peeve is I kind of hate how like um weak they kind of put on. I mean, I guess he kind of gets some payback, which I'll wish I'll cover that later. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, and with the next match, may I? Yeah, well, before we get there, let's talk about something that happens right before it. So Mark Merrill comes out and he says he wants to make things right. And then <laughs> he welcomes Sable. Ashley, dude, I, I was about to, to do like uh, the Merrill. Um, I was about to do the Merrill interest like I did like last week, though. Cause I was about to lean into, but no, go ahead, it, take it over. Pretend like that well, didn't happen. What's well, well, we kind of ruined it now, my guy? Well, like, well, go ahead. So, who comes out? So, he introduces Sable, and then what happens? And then, of course, it's of course, it's go with us dressed in pretty provocative clothing, and that's me being nice. <laughs> 
and then um and then um Meryl says that like um among the lines that like now we should finally get along and then go dust or go sable like like what the fuck are you gonna call it? Sable dust, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so sable dust seductively takes off Meryl's robe. And I don't know, I get like total gay erotica vibes from this. <laughs> well, I mean, Golis's character was very, you know, flamboyant and very out there. And um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that, that was always my question with WWE. And that's the problem, too, is like they always, probably WWE, too, is whenever they did have a character who might have been um, gay or bi what? or whatever they'd always make them almost like predators and kind of like almost like you wouldn't want to like you know he's touching up on Razor Ramon he's touching up on Ahmed Johnson he's touching up on and you know there are a lot of gay athletes and a lot of gay people first of all gay people aren't predators number one a predator is a predator you know there's there's no category of who's a predator a fucking regular person walking down the street can be a predator you know so it doesn't really matter what your sexual orientation is or who you love but WWE, if you look back, even Billy and Chuck, Rico, all these guys that they've made sort of flamboyant and have all been um, inappropriate with it, which I don't really think is um, the right way. But again, we're in 1998, so. And then um, there's, you know, as you guys have seen, there's a lot of questionable things that like they did in 1998. Now I will say with like Cornette, Michael Hayes, uh, who else? Cornette, Michael Hayes, Bruce Pritchard. Um, you know, like you know, right now the best they since and Vince Russo. So <laughs> that's yeah. one little like piece of dynamite by itself. <laughs> yeah. um, running the whole crash TV, trying to miss with pro wrestling era. You got you know Cornette's old school views clashing with Russo's views. I'm just wondering who was the head writer for this segment right here. Anyway, it's Merrill versus the man they call Vader. Yes, in the Hall of Fame. His wife, I loved all the comments. A lot of people were like, is he married to Suzanne Summers?" And I was completely thinking that when I saw her come out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Suzanne Summers is? She um, is. I was the, that's a, um, honestly, like you can blame it on the marijuana or whatever, though, but I'm having a brain fart right now. <laughs> so, Suzanne Summers is in the show Three's Company. She was the blonde. Oh, right, 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 right. right? So, I, she, as she got older, she kind of looks like Vader's wife. And so, people were like, Vader was married to Suzanne Summers? What <laughs> Fun fact I heard that Vader smelled that he like never really washed his single. Oh, oh, I am so glad you brought that up because, like, um, you know, during the match, you, you, you like, well, as with any Vader match, actually, you know, you could only imagine, well, honestly, you're going to go out there and wrestle, you're not, you're obviously not going to smell good, you're going to sweat, you're going to, like, uh, perspire, or whatever, but then, but then the fact you had to wrestle Vader, and then imagine being hit with a Vader bomb, and then he don't wash or do anything like that. I wonder that's why one one main reason why Vince never really pushed him to get like the world title or have a dominate like he did in other um promotions. Yeah, I don't know because he was dominant. Um, but it's where he used as like a joke, except for February. In February, he takes on game. We'll get there. But so this match, the match starts. The real Sable comes down to the ring, and, and the crowd pops. Yeah, of course they freaking loved her. She ends up kicking gold sable dust, and then Mero tells Sable to leave. 
Vader clotheslines Mark Mirror outside and tosses them into the ring steps. Vader nails a Vader bomb, but then the artist from the artist formerly known as Goldust ends up nailing Vader with a coconut that he took out of his bra. Um, and he breaks it over Vader's head, and Vader gets the win by disqualification. These two will be taking on each other at the Royal Rumble. Goldust having the advantage. Um, and yeah, that was just sort of a way to sort of set up more to the rivalry for Royal Rumble. And notice they didn't bring up, like, when they were talking about how Goldust came out in provocative costumes, notice they didn't, like, um, bring up the one he put out last week. I'm just saying. Yeah, they did. They talked <laughs> about, like, all the other ones. You're right. I, I did notice that. I'm like, hmm, they probably realized back then they were fucking pieces of shits for doing that. Um, exactly. And also another thing, out of all the ridiculous Matter of fact, we should make a list. We should totally like what culture this shit. We should like um, make a list of all the most ridiculous uh, wrestling weapons that you ever seen. And I gotta say, a coconut gets to be uh, up there. Yeah, they, they like to use coconuts to, to, to nail opponents. Uh, it, it's very strange. Well, well, to be fair, well, to be fair, I guess like that's not really anything new. I mean, Ryder Piper did hit Jimmy Snooker yep. with a coconut in the Piper's pit. So, yep, and Sean O'Hare did to Rikishi. Um, so we then come back to Raw and we see that Stone Cold has attacked Vader backstage again. Vader will also be competing in the Royal Rumble match. So, Austin trying to take out people before they could take him out. We then have a tag match. We wait have- before that. Let's, 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 wait, there's a little, there's a little, there's a little piece of thing that happened before. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Anytime you I'm want to Man, this week, that's a, that's a, man, this California week got my worst learn. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, two things that happened before this match. Um, Diaz come out, they're looking battered, you know, HBK looking shirtless, whatever right there. There's no Owen. Also, they then do a slam of the week where they go back when Lawrence Taylor confronts um, Bam Bam Bigelow at the when was WrestleMania? Like when was that? Nineteen ninety five, six. Am I close? Oh wait, I thought that that happens after this match. No, that happened before that match, sir. Oh damn! What the hell am I on? I think I'm on the weed. <laughs> But yeah, like, um, and then like the also the commentators are also announced when the last time a major athlete got involved with the WWF. So you can tell they're really hyping this up. And then they also like hype up about will Mike Tyson will actually show up at the Royal Rumble. And, but then again, I kind of hate to try to play off like, well, at the end, as we shall see next week, it worked out for them. But I kind of hate how they like kind of played out how like Mike Tyson is going to wrestle, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I I gotta freaking figure this out because I'm like I'm super out of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, wait, let me get my fucking papers together. Okay, I think I might be out of order. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Just I think you're gonna have to take me on this journey with you. So next, yeah. So I guess the X do come out because they do come out again later though, right? Because I know I have yeah. at some point they talk about Kane and we'll get there. But they did. They did. You're right. They had a little small like That's where we were. Okay, now I see it. It's right here. Okay, yes, sir. We good? Yes, I see it. Because I wrote it. Okay, yep. All right. Uh, I mean, like, I can take the lead. You want me to? (laughs) Listen, whatever it takes. So we will, we will, we'll get there. When it comes, listen, I'm going to let you know beforehand, when it comes to WrestleMania, um, and we'll get there, you're going to have to take the lead on the main event and the match prior, and we'll talk why off camera, well, off off air. Um, But anyways. We'll get there. 
So next yes. we have the Nation of Domination, the Intercontinental Champion, The Rock, and D'Lo Brown with Kama <laughs> Mustafa taking on the world's most strongest man, Mark Henry, and the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And I noticed The Rock didn't come out with the Intercontinental belt either. No, he didn't have it. He sort of just walked, which is weird. It's like they would do that sometimes where they wouldn't walk out with the titles and you're like, aren't you the champion, sir? Um, <laughs> so Rock tells Mark Henry he's going to rip Mark Henry's shirt off his fat ass. And he tells Ken Shamrock if he has any guts to fight him right now. The match happens. And during the match, Henry actually attacks Ken Shamrock from behind and lands a big splash. Rock pulls off. Uh, Mark Henry's shirt and reveals a Nation of Domination shirt underneath. So Mark is officially joining the Nation of Domination. Backstage, Farouk looks upset about Mark Henry being in the Nation. And The Rock says, it's all for you, Farouk. So let's talk here. What do you think about Mark joining? And obviously, things are not looking good for The Rock and Farouk with the Nation of Domination. This was probably like low-key one of the best things that probably happened to him. Because... um. It's been came out of later on interviews that like um, Vince McMahon regretted signing Mark Henry because like he had trouble like getting adjusted to professional wrestling and yeah. powerlifting. Yeah. But yeah. then like he was like around like um, a third generation superstar like The Rock. Um, he was around like, you know, like other like, you know, good workers like uh, Calvin Mustafa and Farouk and everything else. And one thing I noticed though, a little low key. Have you ever noticed that the Rock and Ric Flair got the same stumps, like the little shake and then yeah, when they do the little kick. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, the Rock also like made some football references with again people in the comments. Please sound off. Um, he misses Joe Paterno, which is like the longtime uh, uh Lions coach for the Penn for Penn State. Um, I noticed like um, I know this is like you know pre-electrified man of sports entertainment Rocky Maivia Rock here but um um if if like if we could like get a chance I want to like try to find like a shoot interview of like when did the rock discover the spine buster people elbow combination because back then he used to do the shoulder breaker and then he did the people's elbow and well, then we like you see that soon right not the not the um but I'm I feel like I feel like I'd say 2000, right? Which yeah. Is- yeah, yeah. I'll say the same thing. Like, um, well, 99, 2000, when yeah. like the Rock adjusted the Spire Buster, and then, like, you know, the crowd pops because it's a bit, it's so much of a better transition, you know, instead of the shoulder breaker and then people's elbow, which was, you know, still cool, still popped the crowd back then. Well, what was it, crazy- even though, Go ahead. Even though, like, around this time, it wasn't like known as a people's elbow yet, per se. Well, and I was going to get there eventually in the coming weeks because I've been watching. I'm actually pretty, I'm, I'm ahead. I, I, I like to watch these sort of ahead of time. So I just finished WrestleMania. Um, and the coming weeks, he will start to use it. But you'll notice it's not his finisher. A lot of men kick out to it. So when you see it and you're like, wait a minute, he kicked out of a rock bottom. You're like, oh, or I'm sorry, the people's elbow. You're like, yeah, he did. Because that wasn't um, his main move at the time. He would hit it and a lot of people would kick out. Um, but yes, so go ahead, back to you. Sorry. Got you, got you, got you. And side note, I want that Nason the Domination t shirt that Mark Henry had on, like yeah. with the fist. 
I wanted. I I was I was trying to search online for a dude. But I don't think they sell it anymore. But um, um, if there's anybody within the WWE or any like traders on eBay, let me know. Name your price. I am very interested. Domination. Domination. Oh, also, um, when the Rock of Fruit was arguing and everything else, um, have you ever seen the Table for Three episode with uh, Farouk, Mark Henry, and Godfather? No, but I will watch it. It's a it's a really good episode because they were like talking about um you know the controversy that we discussed last week about the nation domination yeah. and I love that episode because you know of course Dwayne could have been there for um obvious reasons probably shooting like Fast and Furious twenty or whoever <laughs> um yeah and um at the end of the episode um you know the Rock actually sends all three of my presents. And it's an autographed picture of him. And Farouk was like, I'm going to beat his ass this time I see him. For, listen, I freaking got to say, they, Farouk is a fucking powerful dude. I, I mean, would not mess with Ron Simmons. I mean, who, I mean, who wouldn't, though? I mean, um, I mean, uh, he's a former lineman. Um, I'm not the all-state lineman. First ever. I'm first ever African American world champion, legit one of the toughest men in the business. And you know, no disrespect to the rock though, but in a real life shoot fight, I got Ron. Oh I take Ron over anyone at that point. Um, okay, yeah. So it's different person joining the nation. Cool, interesting um to see Henry join. We then come back with DX, they come out, Triple H trash talks Owen Hart. Shawn Michaels mentions Mike Tyson and Triple H mocks Mike's talking voice. You know, Mike Tyson is very uh, um, sophisticated, I guess, talking voice. You um, know, I can, you know, I can actually do a Mike Tyson impression myself. How you was like, was mentioned about my Vince McMahon impression. Um, I used to do a little. Oh, uh, you want me to do it now? Or what? Yeah, go right ahead. This That's is right. Uncensored. I got you. That's right. I can suck the baby. I was suck when they now later suck out a chocolate album. <laughs> And then this wouldn't be the first time that um Triple H had made fun of Mike Tyson's voice. Like he does it like constantly, like whatever like Tyson bring up to the years. I remember that one raw when like they hit they had that episode feud with Chris Jericho and then um Triple H um, used it then. Um during this um, segment, a bloody Owen Hart shows up on the Titan front and I don't know what Diaz did to him in that limo, but it was like kind of like or I don't know what type of blade job or ketchup or whatever they put on Owen, but like <laughs> it's like you know, it's like the spot of the blood was like so weird because I'm thinking like if you got hit in the nose, right? When did the blood like necessarily like leak down on your face? I mean, of course you got to think about there was rumbling in the limo, but I don't know. I don't know. Yes, Owen Hart does appear on the Tron, uh, but before he does, Shawn Michaels says that Mike Tyson's never had a shimmy to the sweet chin music. But if Mike Tyson sticks his nose in my business at the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania, I'm going to dance all over your face. And then he, Shawn Michaels addresses Kane. And then that's when Owen Hart comes on Titan Tron, like you said. He's bleeding on the nose. And Owen says, I'm going to make your life hell. It's uh, not even the nose. <laughs> it's like like the blood spot, like the blood spot they had him in, it was like on his right side of his face. And like I said, you. Oh, I thought somebody. it was on his nose. No, no, sir. Like, no, sir. You look back, right? Oh, like the blood spot is like, I guess you can see it leaking for his nose, and you could guess you can account for them rumbling in the 
and uh, in a limo or whatever. But it's like mm-hmm. I thought that was just a weird spot, you know, just it's like uh, AJ Styles. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess like that was like just totally like um random video game generated blood. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I listen. I, yeah, they were very odd. You said the catch up. I love that. Um, so Triple H calls him out to the ring, meaning Owen Hart. Owen Hart comes down with a crutch, and he says he'll break Triple H's other leg. Um, but the referee separates uh, everyone from the ring, and you get sort of like a separation. And that is the end of Raw's War. We're going to go into the war zone. Do you have any comments to make before we take our quick break? Uh, no, sir. I yeah, I mean, was, I mean that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I said it's not a very eventful episode, even though it's a week before the Rumble. But you know, I have nothing else to add on that. I was just the thing for me, and then we're we're going to get into the war zone with Owen Hart. Was I was so excited, like watching it back. I didn't realize how. Um, like important he was um during this time because i thought after brett left it was kind of like whatever but he sort of his angle with dx was a serious thing brett just left he's the only own you know the only heart member family member remaining um and it was a bigger deal but then i feel like by the time he got to mania it's sort of like ran, ran out of steam but we'll get there um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you're going to come on to the war zone. We have DOA taking on the Rock and Roll Express. Mankind going on one-on-one against the artist formerly known as Goldust. And we have a situation with a lot of the wrestlers in the Royal Rumble match. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We are now in the war zone. But before we get into the war zone, I want to thank you all for checking us out Definitely use anchor.fm. It is the greatest tool to create and distribute your podcast for free. So definitely use anchor.fm. You can go online and search it on your, you know, whatever website you use, Google Chrome, whatever your search engine is, or you could download it on the mobile app, anchor.fm. Definitely check that out. Thank you for listening to us wherever you're listening to us on. And we are available wherever podcasts are streaming, including Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. Definitely check us out and give us a five-star rating because you like us. You really, really like us. And then um, check us out on YouTube. Just search the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, and hit that notification bell. When you do that, anytime new content is created, a new video drops, anything, you will have a little ding, a little message will go off on your phone, and you could just click on a little link and go to our video. So easy, just do that. And as my man P said earlier, leave comments. Let us know your thoughts about this episode of Raw. The IGD or anything you have to say, let us know. You ready, my man? Um, Come to war zone. I am. Um, there's one thing I had one bring up. Yes. Yeah, like um, yeah, missing, yeah, missing about how excited that you was about seeing um Owen Hart, and then you know they could have like kept the whole thing going with Owen Hart. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know you still got Stone Cold Steve Austin at the time, so. Mm-hmm. So, like, from the Booker standpoint, it's like, okay, Owen needs his just due. If you're going to, like, you know, 
do that to his brother, one of the greatest performers and greatest like champions representing your company. Um, then you got to give Owen the bone. But as you guys shall see, we shall definitely cover all of that later. Yeah. Well, I feel like for me, um, and we'll cover as we go. This has already been out, so there might be. Well, we'll talk about when we get there. I just feel like for me, in my opinion, Owen could have gotten some wins, and we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so we're in the war zone. We have the disciples of apocalypse taking on the rock and roll express who are representing the NWA with James E. Cornette by their side. The masters. Um, Go ahead. I got to point out that Tony Kimmel called us a tag team distraction. Oh, a tag team attraction. Love yeah. It. It's not a tag team match, ladies and gentlemen. It's a tag team attraction. Yeah. They're like using WCW tactics. We'll give you free tickets. Just watch DOA versus the Rock and Roll Express. Um, with with, all, with on top of that, like the Rock and Roll Express, see, of course, like I was nine years old, you know, I didn't know anything about the Rock and Roll Express. I had to go back and watch their work. But even like back then in this match, Ricky Morton was 42. And they, Ricky Morton and um, Robert, um, I've got the other dude's name, um, Rob. Uh, uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Yeah, that was Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Sorry, sorry for all you know, older smarts. Please don't, please don't chew me out in the comments. I had a little brain fart. Um, yeah, but like uh, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton, even in this match, once you once we get into it, though, they move great. Yeah, yeah, they they did. They were really really good. Very fast. The only thing is, I can't stop looking at the guy with the um with the eye problem. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But we'll get there. So eight ball nails a really cool spinning side slam. Like you said, rock and roll express with fast paced action, a double clothesline. Cornette ends up hitting eight ball with a tennis racket and the ref catches him. Um, hitting skull with it, causing disqualification. Win for DOA after the match. Eight ball attacks Jim James Cornette, but rock and roll express attack DOA with a tennis racket. So NWA, like have been like hitting and running. They've been freaking taking advantage of the WWE guys. What do you think? I don't. Well, I guess like you know, Joe Cornette need to get his come up. It so I guess they. That's the reason why they put this to happen, or whatever. But then they turn around, they get their heat back. So I can't help but think was that like Cornette like trying to argue in the background once they told him that um <laughs> he had a um get caught or whatever i'm not sure they've been in the the, they've been very unstoppable also i should note that rick and morton was 42 i don't know if i said that earlier i'm not sure no you mentioned that i think that that they were older they they do they're kicking ass man like the rock and roll express for me i was always a wwe guy so i didn't really know the first time i were like um introduced to them was the 1998 because when i was little I would get the DVDs and the VHSs and I would watch whatever, you know, I got and I would see them and I was like, oh, these are the guys that were, you know, at Unforgiven taking on the new Midnight Express. Like, and then I, you know, would see there's some of their old stuff, but I'm still relatively new to the Rock and Roll Express. So, but I can understand they're like the Rockers before the Rockers were a thing. Oh, uh, uh, and I should, and I should notice that they still are doing like uh, wrestling as recent as... Yeah. 2020 because they've been they taking bumps in AEW, man. 
And then Ricky Morton did a fucking Canadian destroyer, and he was 42. That dude had to be like 16 yeah. and 60s by the time. And the fact that they're still going to this day is like amazing. They're kicking ass. Totally kicking ass. Um Charlie. Kicking ass. Go ahead. Shall- Go ahead. What was that? I said, shall I lead? Oh, if you want to, yeah. If you want to, you could talk about the the uh, promo. I guess you. So we now cut the Beaver Stadium where Captain Jack cuts a promo. He missed, and they missed Terry Funk, and he, they missed about all the wars that he did um, during all the other promotions that they wrestled since the NWA. And I think they even did some ECW footage, if I'm not mistaken. No, I don't think like Funk and no, I don't think no, I think uh, Funk and Foley fought the ECW Ashley, so I might be mistaken. So anyway, um, Captain Jack even mentioned the fact why would um, a legend like Terry Funk would dress up in pantyhose and call himself Chainsaw Charlie, but that's another man's business. So I guess that shut me up about my question last week. <laughs> and then, ironically, the next match is Mankind versus uh, and we're going to call this Gold Dude. Um, yeah, I guess we could call him Gold Dude. He looked really stupid. The match lasts 14 seconds. <laughs> yeah, for real. And before, what happened? Before Austin comes out to amaze a pump, stuns mankind, and stuns the shit out of Dusty Rose. He stuns him so hard, and he he literally, <laughs> his wig his fell off when he came out dressed up as Dude Love or whatever. And, <laughs> and then, like, I was, you know, like, mankind took an excellent bump for the stunner, too, I got to mention. But then, um, but then that then that stunner that he did on Dusty Rose, beautiful, amazing. It's a come up is for last week, I guess. <laughs> Some kind of way. Uh, yeah, I I again interesting to see Goldas continuing dressing up as different characters. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. So for so for the next segment, was they've been hyping it all night, and and I gotta tell you, I actually timed this. And another thing that I time, um, remember back in the day they did the Warzone intro in the um, second half of the hour. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Warzone intro is like forty seconds. Yeah. And seeing how the average added to Arrow Max might have last no more longer than three to five minutes. You had to wonder that, like, you know, the proper reason why they cut it so that way they could make matches even shorter, so that way they could have more seventeen match run-ins, seventeen second match run-ins, whatever. Yeah, it's like they, they focused more on the talking, and then the matches were like fifteen seconds, and then okay. Leading on for that, this announcement that they um that they've been hyping up all night about Mike Tyson, Vince Man shows up to the title trying the crowd boos the shit out of them. Um, King misses King uh, misses that somehow saying that they love him up here at Penn State. Uh, Vince misses that Tyson is gonna be on Raw on the uh, the Raw after the Rumble, and we all know what happens from there. The segment was 40, 44 seconds. Yeah. Um. I guess interesting to see, um, interesting, you know, to see Mike Tyson, you know, going to be involved in WrestleMania, uh, or I'm sorry that he will be on with us with Raw next week. Sorry, I'm getting out of myself. I saw WrestleMania and I was like, Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, again, I didn't see this live, but I did see it, you know, when I was in like 2000. So I was privy to, you know, I knew who Mike Tyson was, I knew about all this, but, uh, Interesting to see the hype behind it, to see how big Tyson was. 
true. Anyway, Sunny comes out. And Ant, you want to lead us to our main event of the night? Well, there's a couple of matches before. Oh, this is our main event. Oh, my God. Great. <laughs> yep, exactly. This is our main event of the night, sir. This is our main event. Well, Sunny comes out in her cheerleader outfit, which for me was main event. Um, but we have <laughs> the light heavyweight champion, Taka Michinoku, and Scott Taylor taking out Los Boricuas. And uh, Boricuas get the win after a suplex. After the match, Owen Hart comes out and he attacks the Los Boricuas members with his crush, getting payback for their attack on him last week. Not a lot of action here, not a lot of stuff going on, but it is interesting to see Owen come back, get his revenge, say, don't fuck with me, y'all, because I'm coming for Triple H. What do you think of that? Well, you got to wonder, are they just like protecting Triple H because he might be legitimately injured to even to take bumps or anything like that? Yep. I was trying to save him for WrestleMania 14 or the Rumble or whatever. Yeah, like as my they got a match at the Rumble, don't they? Those but equals. Uh no, Owen's just in the they're just in the Royal Rumble match, Triple H. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so they okay, they might have been resting on triple eights for WrestleMania. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. But but at the same time, I don't know, like I guess I needed like to watch the future episodes to um to like to see like how the build they're gonna do yeah. um yeah. up to it. Let's see. So I should also notate that Lawler tried to get some cheap heat by, um, you know, oh, well, actually, uh, before the match, though, Lawler um, says that he might get into it with Tyson. JR, you know, calls him out on this bullshit. Yeah. Uh, during the match, um, King makes some racist deportation jokes. I mean, I get it because of the storyline and what era that we're in, but. Um, King saying that he got two words for Taka Green card and one word deported. And I don't know, just very uncomfortable to like listen to back in the day. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it, it's some ways people say it's funny. Other people, you know, don't. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's definitely a sign of the times. Well, speaking of that, DX come back out to the ring. And Shawn Michaels says that Kane and Paul Bearer have split ways. Um, and DX would stand here with open arms like a family Kane never um, had, and they would accept Kane. And he then says, I would like to welcome our newest member of DX, Kane. Well, Undertaker comes out. And Undertaker tells Shawn Michaels, you need to keep my family out of this. If I were you, I'd be worried about the Royal Rumble. Triple H then hits Undertaker with his crutch and Shawn Michaels nails the sweet chin music. He then hits Undertaker with a crutch as well, but then Kane comes down. He sends DX packing and Kane and the Undertaker salute each other. So the two brothers are seeming to have each other's back going into Royal Rumble. And uh, they're, you know, even though DX is able to get the upper hand on Undertaker, the two of them are last standing. So um, let's, there's also another segment really quick and we'll, we'll talk about both of them at the same time. After this, a bunch of wrestlers come out and they're fighting in the ring with each other. Um, and then Stone Cold comes out and the Nation of Domination and Savio Vega attack Stone Cold on the stage and leave him. And you're left thinking to yourself, okay, is this too much for Austin to handle? 29 other guys trying to go after him. He's the one they're targeting. Let me throw it to you. What are your thoughts on the segment with DX and uh, Los Bediquas, or I'm sorry, sorry with Vega and Nation of Domination leaving uh, Austin Lane? On one segment, 
on one segment, you got to think that this is really our main event segment. But then on the other, this has become one of the most legendary attitude era moments of all time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we all remember that the whole salute, and then the explosion, and then the crowd pops, and the crowd ate it all up. So, I guess like you know, the people like it. Who am I to complain about it? So yeah. as far as so as far as the falling segment is, of course, the usual uh, Royal Rumble spot. We got to visualize. You know, you can see all the wrestlers in the ring at the same time, which they have been doing now for the last thirty something years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like somehow, somewhere, we had to get the visual. Um, we had to get the visual of a bunch of guys hugging at each other in the corner. Yeah, it's um, I I, I guess we'll see. You know, Royal Rumble was going to take place that Sunday, so it was a you know. What did you think of it for a lead up to Royal Rumble? Though, did you think that like you know, if you were watching it live, you would have wanted to buy it, or did you think that this was a role that was kind of like eh, a little lackluster? Hmm. Well, just in case for anybody listening, if you guys don't know, I didn't, I didn't watch, I didn't start to watch the Raw heavily until that episode where Mankind won the WWE title. Yeah. So looking back at it, and even though, even even like um before I started watching Raw heavily, you heard of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was literally the hottest thing in 1998. So, hmm. I say it's a mixed bag for me. It's yeah. like yeah, a lot of wrestling, but then at the same time, as a lead up to the Royal Rumble, there there is not too much. There is not too much you can complain about per se. Yeah, and let's quickly go over some of the matches that will be taking place at Royal Rumble. That will be our next recap video. Royal Rumble '98 will be taking place in, if I'm correct, San Jose, California. You're going yes, to. 30-man over-the-top rope Royal Rumble match. The winner goes to WrestleMania 14. You have Vader taking on the artist formerly known as Goldust. The WWE Tag Team Champions, the New Age Outlaws, defending against the Legion of Doom, who are coming to take those titles. The, the WWE... Rock taking on Ken Shamrock for the Intercontinental Championship? Yes, sir, of course. Yep, that was the, that, that was the match. And uh, the main, well, not the main event, but the WWE title on the line, the WWE champion, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, defending against The Undertaker in a casket match. Dude, this Royal Rumble was legendary. Pretty much bringing up the fires from the depths of hell. Uh, And you'll see what we mean next week. P, do you have any last words? What was your favorite moment of the night? The stunner, easy. The stunner, yes. Fucking awesome. <laughs> it's awesome is just fucking phenomenal, man. You can do no wrong. For me, my favorite moment of the night, uh, uh, I like seeing Owen Hart take out Salvio Vega, um, or I'm sorry, the lowest boutique was because he got his come off this. And I'm just tired of seeing Triple H fuck with Owen Hart. It's time for Owen Hart to get his revenge. If he have Triple H tonight, I'm excited. So um, stay safe. Uh, I'm trying to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> As I lose my words here, I think I'm on that song. I that's, I guess you. Well, let me like do my first like close out for this podcast. Yes. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. We appreciate for the views. Check out for all the links for to hear all your listen to the podcast. Stay safe. We shall see you next time. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace. Bye. <laughs>